So welcome back to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. My name is Julian Guderlei, and I'm here today with Rico Paganini, who is an author of acclaimed books like Gaia Legacy, Giza Legacy, and Day Legacy. Welcome to the show, Rico. Hi, Julian, and hi, everybody out there. Best wishes from the snowy mountains of Switzerland. Nice. It's great to be connected to Switzerland and the, the beautiful Europe. Rico, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, we are going to talk about consciousness and kind of what is really happening in our time right now as it is 2018 turning into 2019. Um, I would love to start with your, your work. Um, beyond your books, you have founded something called Evolve Forum. Um, there's a, a legacy that you've kind of put into words. And I would just love to start right there with the question, who are we? And what is like, yeah, who are we? Who are we? <laughs> who are we? We are um, eternal beings from the deity creation with enormous potential that we not really use. Enormous potential that we're, we're yet to be using. Interesting. So, so when you say we're divine beings or, or beings from, from, from divine origin, so where do we come from? Um, uh, if we also compare what the four main religions say and all the shamanistic religions, they have uh, something, some parts in common. And one of them is that we are beings that were arrived from the so-called heaven or so-called spiritual worlds that we make uh, experiences um, going on our path through the material worlds and that we are able to go back where we come from um, when we reach a certain um, kind of consciousness. So when you say where do we come from, I would say from the spiritual worlds. Hmm. So we come from a spiritual or spirit origin, in your words, and we're kind of incarnated on planet Earth. So, so as a concept, so why are we here if we're on planet Earth uh, coming from spirit? Why are we here and, and where are we going? So um, first, for a long time, there was existing like this spiritual world. And then um, was created also the material worlds. And let's say it in an easy way, um, a lot of beings never left the spiritual world. Uh, some beings left it in the early times and some beings were crossing over in the later periods. But finally, the material worlds are, um, it's like uh, created on the same matrix as the spiritual world. And we are also, let's say that easily, we are making experiences. And we ourselves, by our deity matrix, are deciding where we give our energy, what is in resonance with us, which um, experience we want to make, because this is also based on the free will. Interesting. So, so tell, tell us more about this role of, of free will, maybe, if, if, if you can. 
Mm -hmm. We have like, um, let's say, three deity gifts. The, the one is our eternal spark or eternal flame. The second is um, our soul, our internal soul. And the third is the free will. These are the three big gifts which finally also, um, uh, in the old writings, they call it a monade, or in German, a monade, which is this trinity of the divine spark, the, the, the eternal soul, and the free will. So this trinity is like um, on his own individual way of experiences. And each individual do it in another way, but there are some main lines that are um, usable for all beings. Interesting. So you, you talk about this, this consciousness and this potential and these, these gifts basically from the spirit world. So first, I think it's quite important to really bring this to our awareness in this moment that as we're born uh, as humans, there is this forgetting or this process of um, yeah, disconnecting from this potential. Mm -hmm. But then how do we awaken our consciousness and our potential? That's what you mean is a so-called great um, forgetness. Um, because, um, let's say, um, if we see our earth life, let's say 60 or 70 years, and every day um, we make our experience, then we go to sleep, and the next day we get up, and we start um, normally with the similar thoughts or feelings that we go to bed, we start again the next day. And if we see this like from a, a soul life, um, every day would be like an incarnation. And um, we don't often have the, the remembering like consciously, but in our underconsciousness. And um, as more conscious we get about our uh, deity matrix and about our ego um, feeling, uh, our um, spirit, our body, um, as more as we recognize ourselves and our potential and raise our consciousness, as more we remember what is like in our soul. Because our soul finally is like a summary of all the experiences we ever made. So in our soul, all our experiences from all the incarnation are like, um, like on a big, like in a kind of uh, hard disk. And as, as, con as more conscious we get, as more these informations are uh, again accessible. So we lose nothing finally, even if we don't remember. And uh, usually it's a, a certain event or a, an experience that we make or a turning point in our life, which uh, brings this back to us, that we uh, think about what's the meaning of life and not just um, running in, the, in our system um, for the job and for the entertainment. So as soon as people usually kind of wake up and ask themselves what's their meaning of life and that what they really want to, there usually starts this awakening of all the what's still slumbering in our souls. 
So for those people listening that are already on a journey of awakening or who are listening to this and are like, oh, wow, this is all very new information. What are practices that kind of accelerate this, this awakening or these, these insights? I know that you've created um, seven holistic steps and I know that there's a, a, like a, a whole like library of work that you've created um, that can be found at evolve-forum.ch. I'll also link that uh, in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But, but maybe from your own experience, Rico, because I think this is very important to say, like this is not something that is a theory. This is all based on personal experience as well. Um, how, do we, how do we open our consciousness more and more and more to to remember to be in our potential, but then also to be in our potential that kind of fits into this current world we live in. The first is, I guess, um, for everyone to create like uh, quiet spots, quiet uh, moments in their daily life. Because if we don't go in a certain um, uh, silence, um, and and try to turn up all the influences around us. Um, it's difficult to get in a reflection. So this would be, I guess, the first. And then uh, you know there is no need for uh, new sensations. It's the, the the kind of praying, meditating. Um, it's about hearing music. Um, or doing a ritual. So there are many forms and um, each one can um, like um, um, explore what's the best way. And um, this helps to calm down the mind because um, the mind usually, it's like um, covering a little our other six parts because we have like six aspects in ourselves um, these are the like the the ego, the mind, and the feelings, and the spirit, the body, and the soul. And I call them sometimes like six wild horses that each one wants to run in another direction. And we have to bring like kind of a harmony or a balancing in this so that they finally uh, run in the same direction where we really want that our. Um, life and our um, human experience is going. But for this, it's also very urgent um, from my experience that we have uh, a basic information about um, who we are, where do we come from and where we go. Because if we don't have like these three um, rough uh, overall views, it's difficult to orientate ourselves uh, on on what is reachable and what not. So the first part we talked about should be like embedded in in a kind of actual overview in in which time we are living and what possibilities we have. And if we bring like these three parts together, um, it's so wonderful what's going on and to go um, in our own experience on our own path um, uh, and for, from, from my point of view it's the biggest adventure that the human can do 
Exciting, exciting. So that big adventure, I think, for people who are tuned into this episode um, is, is something that's a very individual experience um, while we're also all really connected as, as a big collective over it. So what I'm curious about, Rico, is it seems to be so contrary to this everyday reality that so many people live. And I think this is also what you designed these seven steps for, to to expand our views and to create new possibilities, even if that might mean that old possibilities um, and old ways of being gradually fall away. Um, do you want to walk us through those seven steps? Um, yes, and maybe you allow me, um, could be helpful if we first talk shortly about the time of turning, because the seven steps are really oh, absolutely. this um, time of turning. Absolutely. Let's, let's talk, let's talk more about time of turning and, and yeah, the time, the time that is now the time that I think we all came, came to this planet um, for to experience and to expand our awareness as individuals and as a collective. So yeah, where shall we start on that? Yeah, well, probably if we want to be able to understand this turning time or the turning point within we need to know shortly on what it's based and how it's calculated. And so um, let's begin with the so-called year zero, the birth of Christ, the start of our calculation of time, which underwent several steps of development to the Gregorian calendar through different sources, several corrections and the introduction of the leap year, there is a six year deviation so consequently now in the, our year 2018 would accordingly be the real 2012 which many prophes uh, prophecies refer to and we remember julian this um, um mess and um hype that was in 2012 and so many people thought uh, that based on the mayan calendar that uh, where the world will end and um, that the world will be also destroyed or there were so weird theories. But as we see, we are sitting here and talking about these uh, wonderful topics. So um, uh, to continue here, uh, most of the people, that's why they heard about the Mayan calendar. And um, I work with different shamans in uh, from the different indigenous tribes of the Incas, the Olmecs, the Toltecs, the Mayas, and they were quite upset about all these misinformations that we done in the Western world, because for them it was always clear that when one circles end, a new is beginning, and there will be no end of the world. But the interesting an, thing... An end of the world as we know it, maybe, right? An, an end of the separation that... I think has destroyed so many lifetimes and into suffering. And so there's a beginning of a new circle is what you're saying. Exactly. And interesting is also that even if most of the people just know the Mayan calendar, when we have also the, the Veda calendar um, with the Yugas, we have the pyramid calendar and the astro astrology calendar with the zodiacs and all the four, have an outer circle of 26,000 years. And this, now we jump into science, this is based on the 
a cycle of 26,000 years, the so-called galactic conjunction, which, which means that our solar system that we are living is circling one time around the central sun on Alcyone in the Pleiades uh, in our galaxy. So it's one turnaround from our solar system inside our galaxy. And so the interesting thing is, hey, we have four cycle calendars from four different time periods, four different continents, four different cultures, and they all say the same. We have the 26,000 year circle based on this turnaround. And always when they end and they restart, there is like a, a space, a time window of 70 years. And within this time of turning, there is like a turning point of seven years. And now we are exactly living in this period between 2017 and 2024. That's what we call like the turning point. It's very exciting because this is literally our now, the, the world we live in, the world you're listening to this episode. Um, out there, the world inside of our own consciousness is really wanting us to be part of this shift, right? It's really wanting us to participate in what is shifting. And these shifts, as um, complex the words might sound, I believe, Rico, the, the beauty is that it's really a very simple shift, a shift back to wholesomeness, a, a way of living that um, allows us to be actually more human based on values that, that we're all craving, connectivity, empathy, um, to, 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 to love being embodied as a human being. So thank you for kind of exp explaining and expressing these times of shift. Yes. What's, what's the path forward then from where we are in this very moment? And just to give a note on what you said that we are living now in this time, isn't this wonderful? What a uh, possibility, what a chance, um, what a, a lot of possibilities that we can choose now if we want and we can give our energy and our resonance within this. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I think on a, on a larger than life kind of perspective, this is, this is why everyone who is on this planet right now came here. Uh, in this in this time exactly experience this kind of shift and, um, we talked in um, in the last years a lot um, between different people all over the world um, how we can share uh, this knowledge because uh, most of us are like me over 50 we studied our whole life and researched about and uh, took a lot of time and had to read hundreds of books to get the right 10 ones. <laughs> and so um, finally, um, after writing the trilogy of living legacies, which you mentioned in the beginning, because the Giza legacy gives the overall view about where do we come from. The day legacy about who we are and the Gaia legacy about where we can go. But all the three together are, more, are nearly 1,800 pages. And as you both know, um, not all the people are still reading books or ebooks. They are more using 
and uh, the mobile or the pets or the computer. And so the idea was to uh, bring it like into a short essence about 30 pages, even with nice pictures, 30 pages, um, brought in seven steps that are easy understandable, that give a short overview and um, show out how we can reach this by our own because we don't need no masters or gurus or teachers we can share our wisdom and everybody can try it out and so he will see or feel very fast and soon if this is uh, if the, these steps are working so that's also a big wish for these seven steps that people just try them out and get their own experience uh, and that they just need this information but the rest they can do from their own potential and consciousness and that's the best experience we can do and not following experiences from masters or rules or whatever we call it. I love I love that you're saying this and I think this is really part of the shift is for everyone listening for everyone who you're sharing this episode with you're sharing this information with is we're beyond a time of creating icons masters um gurus as you said rico right where we look at these people and we make them our gods in it's quite the opposite the the master in this new age is the collective is all of us in, in our individual journey of becoming and in the shared journey of becoming so yeah i think try it out and ask those questions on your inside practice and your moments of stillness and and see how you can kind of create your own reality with the knowledge that's being shared here today exactly um because the only true help is to give the people the information or the help for self-helping so that uh, a good teacher is just who makes the, 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 the others as soon as possible going their own way without needing him anymore. So mm. it's a good te teachers for me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so um, maybe we give a look into the seven steps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, let's first just mention them as a an overview so the first one is recognize your history the second unfold your divine potential the third experience love as the key the fourth understand the game of souls the fifth realize your potential the sixth act out of the old new knowledge and the seventh, create your new reality, and especially your own real reality. Yeah, I'm excited to hear hear more of of, the, of depth to each of those points, because I think this is this is being shared so often. Create your own reality, but without the proper questioning of how, well, where do we come from, and like how do we actually experience love. Um, as the key and, and what does it mean i think it's quite easy to get lost in in this process of creating one's own world um because the game of souls is certainly something that, that is very alive and involves all of us 
Mm -hmm. And um, that's also why it is the seventh step. Because if we don't have a certain basic information about the other fields, it's, it's uh, very difficult to create our reality because if we are just having a, a short or a, a very small view of what's really going on, we are creating our reality just like in a small box. But we have to expand our box and to see really all the realms that we are passing through with these three main questions. And if we have this view, then we are able to create a, co a complete, a holistic reality. So that's why it's the seventh step. The final one, finally. Absolutely, creating one's own reality. So let's start with step number one, um, recognizing our history. We spoke about it briefly already. And um, what else do you think is, is, is exciting to you to share at this point? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, maybe also as a shortcut, as we all know, officially our history starts around 3000 BC with the so-called um, high cultures of the um, Sumerian, the Babylonian, the Egyptian, the Pharaonic dynasties. Um, in these time frames um, are also um, put the Maya, the Inca, uh, the Chinese dynasties, the Indian empires, all of them flourish within this time frame. But um, uh, the first um, signs that we have from culture are around 30 to 40 um, years old. And so there all already start the questions where our forefathers and teachers got their information, even if when we see what they were able to do with um, buildings around the world, structures that we still today cannot understand what they mean or um, who built them. And so the best example for this is finally Giza in Egypt, where we know are the three megalithic pyramids, the Sphinx, and in the underground complex, we see the steps of the um, two high cultures before, one is the Atlantean period and one the Lemurian period. And all them in their old writings, even what we found in Egypt with the Palermo stone or the Turin papyrus, they all start around 40,000 BC. And not like uh, hunters and gatherers, like we were teaching in school. So officially before 3000 BC were just hunters and gatherers, but they were really high cultures with high consciousness and they left us these structures that we see in Giza or in the Stone Age or on the Eastern Islands with the Maui or um, in, in Kumapunku in Bolivia or Tiwanaku. So um, all these structures with enormous stone blocks uh, up to 1,200 tons in red granite, they are kind similar and uh, that's what I documented also in the book Gaia Legacy, that all these main power places and structures are based on the ley line waves and the crossing points of them around the world. So um, even our history on Earth um, goes uh, really a long time beyond what we are teach today in school. And what's also interesting is that all these cultures and uh, 
the four great world religions, um, Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, and also all the North American tribes, the Toltec, all makes that I mentioned, the Kahunas in Hawaii, or the Dogon and the Bewit in Africa, the Maori in New Zealand, and many others, all they say the same, that our ancestors came from the spiritual worlds or the different star. So our history, um, as I know from own experience, is not starting on planet Earth, but a long, long time ago um, in other realms of the material and before even in the spiritual worlds. So that's what's meant with recognize our history to not see just from our Earth culture or history, but in a, also here um, much bigger and wider frame. Yeah, that is certainly an, an, a whole other topic of exploration that we could dive in for, for hours and hours, but oh, also yeah. to, to kind of stay within those seven steps. So I think it's highly important to to check into this and to, to ask ourselves, like, what is our history? And how are these power structures from other cultures? Um, how, how were they built and, and et cetera? But also, like, to at the very least start questioning the current writing of history um, that is kind of keeping us somewhat trapped in, in this linear way of thinking. So when you talk about step two in unfolding our divine potential, um, what, what are the, the key points that, that you think are are truly important to understand our like body, our mind, and our soul. Um, I think the main insight here is the human divine matrix. Also, uh, in the Old Testament, which is the same from the three Abrahamistic religions, the the Judaism, the Christianity, and the Islam, uh, it says God created man in His image. So this is one of the few sentences which I still agree. And um, finally, um, this matrix is built, we, we uh, talked a little before, um, by body, spirit, and soul, by ego, mind, and feelings. And this is forming with the higher and lower consciousness, the so-called Merkaba in us, like a light vehicle. And this is surrounded um, uh, by an energy sphere, which is also protecting us. And also inside, uh, we have the tree of life, the, our five bodies, and the seven chakra and nerve centers. So this um, is like together the human divine matrix. And to really use this potential, we should be conscious about. So it's very nice to get an idea what is um, slumbering in us and what we're wearing around, often not in a conscious way, and to recognize what an enormous potential this uh, allows us if we are aware of it and start to use it. It's like what we're looking for is not really our outside body, but really truly our internal energetic divine matrix. Exactly. And within all this, it's what we mentioned before, the divine star, spark, um, the, the eternal soul, and the free will. So these three are like moving this um, uh, wonderful vehicle that we 
are um, that we all have. Very powerful knowledge. So when we understand where we come from and we understand the divinity within us, or we at least inquire to start asking those questions, I know that step three is experiencing love as the key. Do you want to maybe say what love is first and what love really, what, what it really means? Yeah, what an enormous question. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, uh, so much um, because finally love is the magical connection and truly the key to everything that is. And, um, and the love has also like kind of magic or unearthly power um, because it's the characteristic that the more love you give, the more flows to you back. But there are so many different aspects of love. And um, that's what I try also to enlighten a little bit in this third step. So um, also to give a short overview, um, we start with the divine love that is like the essence because everything is developed and originated from the deity finally. It is pure love and light and it dwells eternally and tangible for each of its soul beings in every one of us. So um, the second is like the love for the deity because um, it appears in our souls from the knowledge that we are childs of the deity. And if we awaken this love, it really fulfills our souls because we are like reconnected. And, and it's so as a little step, but it can really change your life. Hmm. And um, then it's like the love for everything that is, or the, the all oneness, or the, the love for all, because um, um, this is like, it compromises all the aspects of creation that we uh, love, the other beings, the animals, the plants, the landscape, Mother Earth, all the beautiful universe that surrounds us that we recognize and not running through it in our cities and forgetting what is really surrounding us. Yeah, I think this is more important than ever, I think. Um, in, when I read your material, there's a beautiful Mahatma Gandhi quote that you and me are one and I can't hurt you without hurting myself. And if we think of each other, I think that's a great place to start. But then when we expand that, as you just said, we go to the earth and the nature that we, we are born out of and we're, we're born into. I think there is, you know, we, we can't replace nature with technology we, we, at, at some point. I think everybody will have to acknowledge that technology is beautiful and has a lot of amazing capacities in itself, but nature is, is our mother, right? Nature is who, who kind of gave us these, these bodies as well. So we can't hurt nature without actually hurting ourselves. And we cannot eat technique or drink mm. uh, or breathe. So um, even if we are living in a very technical way, um, uh, the, our surrounding is what really allows us still to live our life. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's very urgent to be aware. And um, yeah, the next is like the neighborly love, which has like two aspects because 
as we know, it's easy to love our lovers or families or friends or the colleagues we like. But however, if it is it difficult to love people who we find unlikable or works against us. And the, for me, the, the best or the correct attitude towards them is uh, a very great statement by Fyodor Dostoevsky, which said, um, to love someone means to see him as the deity intended him. Mm. So um, that we accept that we are all individuals that are not to the same. Um, everybody is on his own way um, of experience uh, with all different consciousness. And um, this makes it sometimes difficult, but if we really recognize it, we turn into deep respect and um, it's not any more um, difficult to accept other thinkings or points of views because we can always find like the points that are connecting us. And so this leads also to the next with the love for our enemies, which is kind of the most amazing, <laughs> most difficult thing that Buddha and Jesus explained us in Jesus, especially in his New Testament of love. And yet it is just the only possibility to make peace with ourselves or with our so-called enemies by transforming negative energies like enmity or hatred into forgiveness and love by means of insights and understanding because when I never try to see from the point of view of my enemies I will never find a solution so the three forms or aspects of love that we mentioned before are allowing also this incredible love for enemies I find it very interesting one of the previous episodes with um, Terence Patton um, we talked a lot about the integral heart and the integral um, like philosophy really of, of seeing everything as part of life. So truly when we look at quote unquote our enemies, um, we're looking at another part of our internal psyche. We're looking at another part of ourselves. So when we forgive, when we love, when we stretch ourselves to at least accept and acknowledge, I think it's a huge piece of freedom, a huge puzzle piece to freedom is to, to, to love and choose forgiveness, mm, exactly. which I think all of us have to work on. And at the same time, it comes naturally to us when we start to inquire into that direction. Mm. And uh, another aspect is like the love for our family. That is like the kind of love that we are uh, born into and usually all kinder, all children, children, at first love their mother, fathers and siblings, but all too with sometimes changes. As we know, for instance, the child does not get enough love and attention. Um, and all the family stories are often difficult and challenging. But for me, um, it was also my experience. Um, when, when my two daughters were born, I really felt the first time complete unconditional love without expecting nothing so um they teach me this pure way of of love let's say unconditional love that's yeah. a powerful concept that i think 
really needs to be put into practice. All these things that we're sharing in this episode, Enrico, thank you for really going deep into, especially the topic of love, are so much more than just intellectual concepts of our mind. They're, they're practices to, to be lived, to be at least aspired to live, um, practices every day in every way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so the next aspect that we um, um, look a little inside is the, the love for our partners, which is perhaps the most moving and at the same time the most versatile kind of love. It mostly begins with a superficial kind of beginning in love and can then lead to a deep love for oneness, into a harmonious interplay of like also giving and taking. And however is it is it is also very challenging and bears a lot of conflicts and dependencies, which are often part of a development process. So um, the social conventions also play a, a big part in this time, how our picture of uh, men and women are, if they are based on um, the uh, patriarchy or the matriarchy and um, how our culture and religions are teaching this is is a very hard way still today because the most urgent thing for me inside the law for the partner is not just in the partnership but really that we bring the female aspect and the, the female right and view back in its full potential um, and balancing because as we all know all men have also female aspects and all women have also male, as, uh, male aspect so that we can um, really go cross over this line of this old war between um, the, the female and the male and bring it back also in a, a new conscious harmony. Yeah, I think that's very, very powerfully said there is, I think it all comes also really truly back to loving oneself, right? Like to, to finding this love first and foremost in the depth of our soul, in the depth of who, who we came to be and accepting ourselves the way we are before we can even stretch it to, let's say, our partner or, or our enemies or, or anyone else, really. I mean, this is a very famous quote. Um, if you don't love yourself, you cannot really generate love for others. Yes, you're so right. And that's why we're ending you now also with the, these considerations with the self-love and which do not mean the narcissistic love according to the motto like I am the most beautiful, I am the best. We mean that we love ourselves and accept ourselves the way we are at the moment with all our strengths and weaknesses and that we handle ourselves lovingly. Um, as it also said correctly, like you mentioned before, those who do not love themselves can hardly love others. So this love for ourselves also contains the love for our soul, our higher self, and not only the love for our, let's say, human side, Either we love our ego and follow its desires and the wishes of our lower self, 
all we love and desire also the fulfillment of our soul and try to do everything that serves our real own purpose. That's very interesting. So in order to understand that love for our soul, let's understand the game of souls because this is a topic that um, I think is very, very little actually spoken about. The, the role soul plays maybe is, is more spoken about, but what is the game of souls? Um, yes, uh, and this has also different levels and we can um, deepen also a little because um, for this we have to start like in, in also higher realms because also here we get to go out of our box and not see just um, our direct environment or the world. We have to see really the whole creation um, because as we mentioned before, we are like light beings from the loving divine creation and um, spiritual sources speak about myriads of souls who are on their individual way through space and time in the spiritual and material worlds. So therefore, maybe let's first have a short description about these worlds because the spiritual world consists of 12, let's say, uh, dimensions or levels. And everything in them is like subtle, luminous, uh, loving, harmonious, and so on. And the deity created these worlds of light from the four aspects. And so the cosmos developed and later the material levels. So the universe of the worlds of the dimensions within the cosmos, since nothing is out of it. So inside of this were created the material worlds um, and this material universe is like a reflection of the spiritual worlds with the 12 dimensions. And uh, astronomy and quantum physics have also confirmed that the expanding universe exists like in a hyperspace. And this hyperspace we call the spiritual worlds. And as we know, just in our material worlds, there are innumerable galaxies and solar systems or star systems and each star um, around which planet circle is a sun of which just in our galaxy there are several hundred million which are turning around the central sun in the constellation of the Pleiades that we mentioned before which is its 26,000 year circle. And uh, in our solar system, we have the eight planets which turn around the sun in spiral. And, but in our solar system, just, just Mother Earth is showing the earthly senses with the five realms of creation, like the mineral, the plant, the animal, the human, and the ether realms. And so we have to ha have this picture to uh, really understand or have a point of view about this incredible game of the souls because they are also interacting between different worlds or dimensions. Um, if we have, are in a, a certain consciousness again on earth it's uh, absolutely normal to have also conversation and contacts with other souls in other realms. And so um, some of all these beings never left the spiritual worlds. Another part went to the material worlds after the separation and others are moving 
like from one realm into the others. And um, this is all like the base of all the um, beings that we meet every day and uh, in, in our private time or in the office or in our jobs. And there is an ongoing interplay interplay finally of all these beings for getting respect and it's often a fight for recognition for power a fight for love also and um, nobody will get along with everybody in this game of souls and perceive some people like we mentioned as enemies but exactly therefore you need this consciousness of our matrix and of love as the key and you use it because this way it's very easy to find solution and otherwise conflicts instead of harmony is always always programmed and inevitable. Yeah, so it, it almost seems like we've been going through those cycles of conflict over harmony over and over and over again. And even in my own life, I think I'm, I've been... I used to be shocked and devastated about things that gone, let's say, wrong or that went in a way that I wasn't certain about. But it, over time, I think we can recognize that after every low point, there is another high point. And after every tear, there is laughter. And, and you know, so I think there is, there's so much interplay that when we kind of step out of the drama about it, it, it turns into yeah, like a, a clarity that we don't have to have this, let, have power over us, but really surrender into this uncertainty of the, 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 the game of, of souls, as you call it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, and so four yeah. steps are like leading re, re, into the st step five, like to realize our potential. And um, this is based on the, time of turning that we mentioned in the beginning because in this time our possibilities are even much bigger than in all the other times so let's say um, we can do quantum jumps in short time or we can fall completely back to zero and it's all about which way we choose for ourselves interesting and so, so what is it that enables this, this power to, to do those quantum jumps, to really truly realize that potential? Um, it's about um, certain vibration, um, how to say, um, like the divine light beings and hierarchy are increasing since the 70s, the vibration in all the 12 dimensions and the turning point we live in now. Hmm. and stimulates and strengthens the turn of the cycle and the change of consciousness. So this will get you into a, like a cosmic resonance, uh, a unity with the divine creation, we can say, which can be reached much more easily in this time of turning. And it supports us to have insights and leads um, to the love consciousness, uh, some in the, to call it the Christ consciousness, for me it's uh, better explained as the love consciousness, because you have not to be Christ to 
getting this consciousness. Mm. I know a lot of um, wonderful souls that I met that are from all the different religions or they don't even follow a religion and still living in nature and they are completely in this love consciousness. And so um, our like uh, in this conscience awakened soul will thus be elevated into the state of being in the next level. So that is the big point that if we reach this uh, finally mass consciousness that we will talk a little later about, um, it's possible what as a quantum jump really that we will be elevated from the third to the fifth dimension which all the possibility of potential that are uh, evolving then within us. So it's really a, a wonderful um, um, opportunity that we have now. So, so let's well, yeah, let's use it. Would you say in other words that in order to really use this potential, it's, it's also about using our free will, as we said earlier, wisely to not fall for the potential of the ego or the, the desires of the ego, but to truly kind of, well, beyond just surrendering to the flow, being one with the flow of the divine energy that is kind of unfolding on the planet. Exactly. So this is like the one is, let's say, the flow or the process in ourselves. And the one is the process that surrounds us in this time of turning. And if we align both, um, this will bring us in the full possibilities of this time of turning. Mm. Very interesting. So that leads us step by step kind of through, through those steps into step six, which is very curiously, you're, you're basically really saying act out of the old new knowledge. So the, the, the clarity is that when we tune into knowledge like this, we recognize that we're not making it up. We're not inventing it. We're not um, coming up with something new here. We're actually tuning in to the deep resonance of our soul. That is basically an old knowledge of knowing who we are, like this, this ancient quote, know thyself really comes to mind for me there. Exactly. And it's also, um, um, you know, the, the one thing is to know the other to act. And I use a, a, a statement by Archangel Gabriel that you find also in the, in the beginning of the sixth step, which says, when you come back home, it is not about what you thought, but all about what you have done. So therefore, really now, acting is really important for what use are all the answers and knowledge and insights for you, for us, if we do not act accordingly in this experience and, and thus also experience them. So it's not simply about the blind belief, it's the contrary. It's really about examining ourselves and that this is, and this is only possible if we are ready to go the way of your of our own experience, so um, therefore uh, should or I hope serve these seven steps to encourage, to empower, um, to 
to, uh, to really make a joy to try it out um, for all the ones that not have already started because just so we will discover ourselves and our own experience can arise um, really from the belief. And so, uh, like we mentioned before, um, um, practically all what's here brought together, um, it's like also old knowledge because it's about that we are a being from the deity, yet we are created from the same matrix, that we are a light being on our way through space and time, that um, we are coming from the spiritual worlds and that we can go back there where we like to. And for this, it's urgent to come like in this, to, in this way to ourselves in the attitude, I am who I am. I'm not following someone else. I make my own experiences and decisions. The, the uh, spiritual wording for this is Eya Asher Eya. I am who I am. And this is about the transformation, the resurrection, finally, of the soul within ourselves so that we are turning our own soul by pausing for a moment and feeling what is really important for us and the knowledge of the deity and the knowledge of ourself that we are related, eternally connected and nothing can divide us finally if we don't allow it so that we are conscious about ourselves as really as a light being. And this means also like a self-responsibility for our thoughts and words and actions by being conscious of ourselves. And this serves deeply the so often mentioned self-realization, which requires that we know um, what we want and have to do as human beings, not just professionally, but also spiritually and from our soul. And um, this way, we really practice a life in, in, in unity with ourselves, and this leads to unity and the all oneness with the others, like a life in dedication with love, joy, and helpfulness. And this is much more fun and uh, much more fulfilling than um, running about uh, consuming everything what's appearing new on the market. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really what, what it is about, is to encourage and empower this individual expression um, of, our, of our divine nature, right? Yeah, it sounds a little tricky, but finally, if we get this together, it's an easy way. It, it's not needed much. Everybody is able to go this way and to start to really live his own life. And so this follows also by the end of the step on the so-called elevation. And um, as we know, there are two. The one is like the individual um, elevation that is always possible if you reach a certain consciousness. And the other is the ascensions of the souls and so nice called the elevation of creation of the materials world, material worlds. And this is like we call the collective elevation. And this is just possible each 26,000 years. Now, beloved ones, now it is possible that we reach this together. Hmm. Like a collective 
ascension elevation in that sense. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I love those steps because I think they kind of summarize exactly what you just shared, Rico. It is a lot simpler maybe than, than um, we, we sometimes think things are. So to kind of navigate us all the way to creating our own reality, what is really in this, in this last step? We mentioned earlier, there's a reason why it's not just the first step because it is essential to kind of understand certain principles. It is essential to, to follow certain ways of purifying the, the spirit or purifying the, the way of letting the oneness with spirit come through. So what is truly in step seven, creating one's own reality? Uh, maybe just uh, let me shortly uh, end with a note, the sixth um, step with um, the, uh, the, the collect uh, collective ascension that we talked about is yeah, uh, sure. aligned and goes hand in hand with the so-called critical mass or the mass consciousness. So um, that if uh, a certain number of humans are like they, uh, we say, like awakening their full potential. Um, this consciousness flows over into the mass consciousness and from one moment to the other, all humans have access or have this consciousness. So when we are going this way, we are not just serving ourselves, we really serve humanity at the same time because we, every one of us could be the one soul that makes a difference for the mass consciousness. So this is also a, a good purpose, um, how we can really good um, serve ourselves and serve humanity at the same time. Yeah, powerful. This is very powerful because no matter who we are, no matter who you are listening to this, no matter, again, who you share this, this episode with, there is such a merit in letting each and every individual come out and, and play, come out and awaken into this mass um, elevation. And each one is so wonderful in his way, so unique. And um, a lot of new age and esoteric stuff says that we first have to learn so much and go so far before we can change something. But, but this, from my point of view, is, is not um, right. It, it starts in the second when you decide to do it. So um, it's like one step from one room into another, and this can go very fast if, if, if we decide this way. And this is also finally on all this is based the seventh step that we, with this consciousness and knowledge, which is uh, resumed in, in 30 pages, um, we have this overview and now based on this we can like create our new earthly and spiritual reality and define in a new way as was as what we see ourselves so um finally um it's uh, the way how we see ourselves if we see us just uh, as a being that it's just a part of the system and cage nothing or if we see us as a being with an enormous potential that can co create and manifest everything what it really wants 
And so every one of us has really his special story, is on the way through his adventures. And um, finally, the reflection first to create our reality is to get, go into reflection of some parts of our own, our own life. Um, it's like um, to learn us recognize now from another point of view so that we take some time to understand this short overview and what it means for our life. And um, that we will come to an inner quietness to look eternally uh, like the quantum physics called the observe the observer on our life and that we reflect once easy things like how did I live so far and how did I feel about it? What gave me joy and fulfillment or what brought me sadness and unhappiness? What have I reached so far and what, I, what do I really want to reach? What is my calling and what is my daily work? Are they aligned? What would I like to do in the future? What are my interests? Where do I feel resonance? Or uh, maybe also what are my wishes and goals in, as a holistic person? And not um, reduce ourselves in a small box thinking, oh, this is not reachable for me, but really to follow our needs and wishes because all them are uh, manifestable, all this we can reach. And for this, finally, we, we use the uh, alchemy in ourselves. So it's about uh, the enormous power that um, our, um, finally, our brain and our heart have. And for this, um, uh, it's also very interesting to get some insights from the new science um, for the quantum physics, because they, it also says that we finally, um, by the space field and morphogenetic field around us and which we, in which we are um, moving, that we create completely our own reality by our mind and our heart and feelings. And also the new science of epigenetics by the microbiology, which is based on DNA and our genes, coming to the same conclusion that um, we are finally forming from the microcosmos in ourselves by mind and feelings, our um, human body and also our health. And um, the third is the the so-called um, um, uh, science of the heart or of the heart map, which um, scientifically proven that the electromagnetic field of the uh, heart is up to 100 times stronger than the one of the brain. So the magnetic field is even 5,000 times stronger than the field of the brain. And so if we align the knowledge and the wish of the brain with the power and the feeling of the heart, this is the, the base, how we can visualize and manifest our new realities. And it, seem, it sounds now very easy, and finally it is, 
but everybody really should try this out to bring this in alignment and all will be very excited. So positive thinking alone, it's not enough. It really needs this much stronger energy of the heart and the feeling of the love to uh, create and co-create. And all these three new sciences are com confirming this completely. I love how that also brings us back to where you started in this episode, Rico, which is taking moments of stillness and taking moments of silence in our everyday and multiple moments maybe, so that we actually have the space, the capacity to kind of get out of our minds, out of our thinking, into the heart space, into the gratitude, into the love space and practice, right? I mean, all of this is a daily happening. This is not, um, this is not like a book that once you understood it in your mind intellectually, you, you got it and just go back to normal. This is a daily occurrence, a daily practice that goes for you, that goes for me, that goes for everyone who's, who's tuned in. Exactly. And this is also very urgent, what you say, to bring it in our daily life. I remember in, in my early days, um, I reminded me every day, oh, I have to meditate. Yeah, I will do it on the weekend when I have time. Then I will take two or three hours and just meditate. Sometime it happens, sometime not. I was unhappy. Um, and then uh, uh, an, an old wise man told me, you want to do two big steps. Start every day with 15 minutes and put five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the noon, five minutes in the evening. And there will be no excuse to not give you these five minutes. And just go in a quiet space, take some deep breaths, feel your body, feel your heart beating, feel your blood pulsing, feel your different bodies feel your feelings that you have and um, bring your mind and your thinking on a certain topic that you uh, decide each time what is showing up in yourself, what is urgent. So this is kind of a meditation, pray, affirmation, and it takes just three times five minutes every day. And I started this and it, it worked immediately, and I, I, I probably could not live anymore without it. Now they are still bigger, five minutes is not enough for me, but I'm still using these three, I call them islands in my daily life. Beautiful. Yeah, I think this is a very great kind of, you know, tip in a way, but also it's a, it's a great anecdote for how simple it is in all of our lives it's very very similar to how i practice as well i mean you know, on ideal days my morning practice is, is a little longer because i enjoy having the space in the morning to just really remember all of this truly feel it in my heart uh, before i go out and get and get get things done as we say but these islands in a day i think are very much achievable for whoever is listening five minutes three times a day create this island of allowing yourself to feel, allowing yourself to be and allow yourself to remember what is, what is really truly important and then go out and touch all the physical material things in your life the way, the way you want to. Rico, as we're kind of coming to the end of this, um, this conversation, is there anything else you, you want to share based on, on your um, 
yeah, your very powerful um, life's work. Um, I think the purest I can share for this moment and this special time of turning are these seven steps. Mm. So um, I hope we touched some hearts and minds and that um, people are going on the website because you can download it for free. Yeah, uh, I will make sure to, set, to put a link to link to, to that PDF um, so people can also read and, and kind of dive even a level deeper. Uh, it's incredible what you've put together in, in just like 20, 20 ish pages, um, the, the depth of it. Thank you. Rico, there is one more question and I told you, I'm going to ask you this, which is very, very simply put in your own words. If we, as humanity have a vision for humanity and you talked a lot about vision and legacy and understanding, but what's your hope? What's your dream? What's, what do you see as possible in, beyond this window of the next seven years of us kind of allowing more love and more empathy to come onto this planet. But what is possible for the next 50, 100, 200 years for humanity and earth? Uh, if we reach this mass consciousness, nearly everything is possible. And I have like my personal vision and I have the vision I share also um, on the website because it's, it's finally the vision for the seven steps how I was also teached by the Elohim and probably if not everybody knows um, the Elohim are one of the seven deity races uh, many know also the Cherubim or the Seraphim there are seven and the Elohim is like the, the, the deity race of the humans and so um, if you allow me Julian I just read the vision that it's um, based on, on the seven steps because it brings together in the best way um, uh, the vision what we can reach together. So it's about that we recognize ourselves as divine beings of light. In this way, the divine creativity is acting through us again. As the consciousness flows through our souls into through the world, and in respect, we unite among all races and religions and overcome them in a new spirituality. As the great brother and sisterhood, we are freed from greed and striving for power. Together, we take responsibility for Mother Earth and justly we share the gifts and gods of the divine creation. Guided by the new consciousness, we are living in peace and joy. Wonderful. <laughs> this, is, this is really what it's about, being in the peace and the joy of being alive. Thank you, Rico, for taking the time, for sharing so abundantly about these insights and these seven steps. It was a pleasure to have you on the show and a pleasure to be in this conversation with you. Thank you. Same, thank you very much. And like you, I serve and I try to spread informations that are serving our brothers and sisters to get their own way and just to be um, inspired and enlightened and go joyful this path, even if the times are now quite hard, as, as much more it gives us and makes us much happier um, if we go with this consciousness. Oh, absolutely.
Wonderful. Thank you so much. you enjoyed this episode of green planet blue planet podcast and if so make sure to hit like or share the episode with someone you love wherever you are in the world today have yourself a stellar day